Left. Right. Yo, what's up? Thank you for joining us. Today we have James, the Bosnian of Boswell as always, and we have his younger brother, David Boswell, who I'm enjoying having on. Um, this is episode 86. We're following up a little on the consent episode because it ran really long. And, uh, you know, James and I wanted to get our word in otherwise. But we're doing a little bit of that. So enjoy the episode. Uh, we'll be recapping the last year of coronavirus. So listen, let me know what you think. Let us know if we missed anything. I will see you guys on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 All right, looks like we are live. I can see you guys on the internet. Um, I can also see you through Zoom, which is something I was thoroughly. Which is also with. through the internet. Sure, but it's it's uh, it's Seriously. not an, it's not an internet I was familiar with prior to coronavirus. I maybe net meeting I had, but not. Did you not say a series of tubes? Yes, uh, that's one of my favorite old school references. All right, guys, we're live across all platforms. This is episode 86 of SIP Talk. We're joined today by David Boswell, a political scientist out of California, Sacramento, to be exact. James the Bosnator Boswell out of South Carolina, philosopher, bartender, accountant, professional referee, man of many trades. My name is Justin DiGiulio. I'm a man of fewer trades, real estate agent in New York City. We uh, This is a bit of a follow-up podcast from our last one where we talked about consent. We brought on a guest, great guest, very spirited guest, Nicole Feliciano, and she represented the female perspective. So we're going to dissect a little bit of that conversation, and we're going to talk. We're about the one-year mark of the anniversary of when coronavirus really forced its way into our lives. I think uh, mid-March. Speaking of consent. 2020 um it you know without consent it entered our lives and now we're fucked we're just dealing with it um it's a new normal which is a phrase i've actually outlined in my notes that i hate the new normal but let's start off with some drinks this is sip talk james you're on the top of the screen what are you drinking still sticking with the bush ice i'm I'm gonna put a good portion of my stimulus check towards stock in my new bar though i think that's a great idea speaking of stimulants I don't really have much to mix with, so <laughs> I'm mixing with uh, some workout sauce here. It's actually not a pre-workout, or nor is it a stimulant, but but it tastes good, and it's going to go with tequila. So that's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> um, so it pays uh, off. I'm uh, I'm drinking tequila and some CLA and carnitine in uh, the Arctic ice flavor. Please uh, don't Ar- ever become a bartender. Arctic ice really or is, personal trainer. If you ever go to the Arctic <laughs> and you lick the ice, it's it's definitely gonna taste like blueberries, just just for the record. Uh and, no. and David, what are you drinking over there in sunny California? Uh, I'm indulging in some luxurious Epilings bourbon. But I did actually get a very nice bottle of uh Glenlivet 14. What is it? It is uh 
a, a Cabernet cask, I think, that they did it in. Um, Glenlivet Kevin Reserve. Yeah, Glenlivet Kevin Reserve. That was a that was a present that one of my buddies got me this weekend. We were celebrating my last week's birthday. Well, very nice, happy, belated birthday. And uh, the Glenlivet sounds wonderful. I would definitely drink that first if you were going to start drinking rather than second to the Evan Williams. No, I'm not doing that on a Thursday night. That's that's a special drink. You don't. That's my point. I wouldn't have started. I didn't think you were going to drink it tonight. But my advice was don't start with the Evan Williams and then go to the good stuff. Uh, Wait, so we got Schweppes going into the tequila and carnitine? (laughs) <laughs> that's it so yeah i got i got tequila uh cla and carnitine and some seltzer water so Do you have some ice no there's no I, ice I, but i'm ooh. in the basement i'm in the basement it's freezing everything down here is like ice cold anyway so this is uh, the saddest cocktail <laughs> it's not that bad and uh, it could get you fucked up so look guys i want to i want to start should should we start with coronavirus uh and and, and the last 12 months or should we should we start with the recap of the last episode? I would say recap. For yeah, I think, I think it's probably smartest to get a recap. But I also feel like we have a lot to say about the last episode. And as I mentioned, Nicole was very spirited. Um, and she was making good points. But I don't, I don't know necessarily that we were disagreeing with her. But I think that we weren't really meshing up on a couple of things. Slightly different perspective on opinion, but, but we were in the same line that we, we had outlined some things when it comes to consent that you just don't do where it fell apart was the message that you sent to other people based off what you're doing. And I'll give you well, specifically example. what you're wearing and the message that it sends that even if you don't think it's sending a certain message, you have to be aware that a lot of people in the public might draw their own conclusions just by looking well, at you. Well, I had a conversation. Well, I can see how that gets into a slippery slope, though, of how that leads to victim blaming, which isn't what your intent was. No, but you what. can see how that progresses fairly. I think smoothly. we're. I, but I also don't. I don't think we were trying to victim blame. I think we were trying to get. I think we were trying to figure out where that line is crossed, and and get as close to it as possible, and still draw a very sharp line that. You know, it's acceptable, but you, there's certain things you just don't do. And somebody may be a victim, but it's but they didn't bring them on themselves. No matter what they did, the other person is still 100% at fault and never should have done that. Well, from what it was explained to me about it is, again, who you think you might have the better chances with. That doesn't change your behavior. So you have the woman who is getting off of work and she's in her business attire. And you have someone else who's dressed up to the nines like they're going out to a club. Who do you think is more likely to want to have a conversation? It doesn't mean you have a different conversation. But of the two, who do you think is more likely to respond to you? Well, I think it, it really, let's backtrack a little bit. And when it comes to attention and sexual attention, the person who's dressed more provocatively is going to demand a higher amount of attention. Now, should men act on it? I would say 95% of the time, the answer is no. But what I think James and I were trying to get the point across was the major, if, if in that 5% of the time that men should act, um, but even in all the time when they shouldn't act, they're acting more in the case of the person who's dressed more provocatively. And not that that person shouldn't have the right to dress provocatively, 
but they should be aware of how they're affecting the people around them. Um, that's a weird, it's a weird thing to articulate, I feel like, but it is, it's dicey. Well, yeah, well, I'm, yeah I'm it's fine. really hard to state our opinion in a way that doesn't end, end in a conclusion of victim blaming. Well, but, but here, here's, here's where somebody can go walk around topless in New York city. I'm probably not going to walk up to them and be like, you want to get fucked. Okay. That's not, not, nor would I want to sleep with them, but probably because they're obviously walking around, they're probably a little crazy, but I think what happens is there are the crazy people that just assume that person wants to, to get some ass and then they go up and they put their hands on them and they do things they shouldn't. That's, you know, obviously we know that's a bad thing and, and irregardless of what the other person is doing, there's lines you don't cross as a guy or as a girl, but. Well, I, I still think that your analogy about like someone wearing like a Trump red hat and them getting a different reaction from people than if they weren't wearing that hat, even if, because everyone's going to see that hat and it's going to have different meanings to everybody. Some people are going to have a negative reaction to it. Whereas if they weren't wearing that hat, they wouldn't have had any reaction at all because there's no hat. And so like, if you're wearing a Trump red hat, you have to be aware that you're wearing something that sends a clear message to people. What that message means to you doesn't matter because other people are going to take whatever message they want from it. I think that's where we're running into the issue because they're saying, well, the message I'm trying to send is the real message and that's what should matter. I had a conversation with an agent today about a text message that he sent to a he's a more superior agent and he sent a message to another agent who's basically in his charge. And I said, well, you shouldn't have sent that. This is how, this is, you know, how she received it. This is what she thought when you sent it. And he said, well, that's not what I was saying. I said, doesn't, but that's how she received it. So you have to understand how people are going to receive something. You have to understand how other people perceive you. It doesn't matter what you want to say. Do you get a job if you go to the interview and, and you say everything wrong, but you wanted to say something better? No, it, it matters what the other people think. <laughs> That'd about be a you. great thing to say at the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I said everything, you know, that I needed to, to get the job. So you're going to give me a job, right? No, you just muttered throughout the entire interview. We didn't even understand what you were saying. Um, but, but the, I think, yeah, but I meant is, to say the right things, but it doesn't matter what you meant to say. It's what, it's how we perceived it. And I think, where I think where we're falling apart here is that you can't control the perception of others. Should others put their hands on you? Should others put their hands on you and touch you and cat call and things like that? No, obviously. I don't think the cat calling is as bad as somebody walking up and grabbing your ass. Still, no, no, but, but it's, it's still, it's in that realm. But I would say we're not defending it. No, I, and I don't think we're defending it, but I'm saying it's not as bad as, you know, just like driving five over the speed limit isn't the same as driving. 35 over the speed limit but depending where you are if you're in a school zone five over the speed limit could be bad i guess um but yeah it's the perception of others of what you're doing and i think that that's where we had the breakdown in the conversation that no matter what you want to say or you believe that you're saying what's happening in reality and by reality i mean you are not the center of the world so literally everything that's going on around you. Um, that's, that's where it really matters, in my opinion. Um, and she didn't think anybody should be treated differently for the way they dress. And I said, well, that's not something that anyone can it's control. Not realistic. It's not, it's not a realistic expectation. 
and and we kind of went off the rails, you know, and I, I don't think we want, I think we were all on the same page, but we just, we weren't connecting on that level. So that was a, that was a tough one for James and I, um, but Nicole made a lot of very good points and she definitely brought some female perspective to it because James and I don't walk around in high heels and David, I don't think you do either. Once California. a week. That's uh, another episode. <laughs> um, but am it's I really just what I want to impress my bosses? Am I am I missing anything yeah. here about about that episode? Um, well, I think what you wanted to do that we didn't have time for was go through the, those second set of scenarios that were a little bit more complicated about well, consent. Well, let me see. Let me. I don't know if I have them anymore. Actually, on that on the computer. But fire the research team. Yeah, let me. Uh, the garbage let me see what i got here so just hang tight i'm blocking the view here um but yeah i think the the consent scenarios were where we where we wanted to dive a little deeper and that's like is it ever okay to cat call someone or and, and no, what exactly really. what exactly is cat calling like you see somebody across the street you want to get your, their attention i've heard from different women that you know they're happy that a guy stopped them on the street for whatever reason because it showed that guy was very confident and i don't think he did it in like a assholey way but but i you know i've heard that as not a terrible thing um i'm running into issues in terms of finding uh have you ever been aggressively hit on by by a guy justin uh I don't know that aggressively would would be appropriate, but I have been in situ. I mean, I've been hit on by men. I live in New York City. Well, here's course. a oh, go ahead, there. I I I met aggressive for a reason because when guys hit on me, that doesn't bother me one little bit. But if I'm just trying to go about my night and it keeps happening over and over, the same person especially, it's like, dude, I've told you I'm not interested. Take the hint. Well, and then you, it, it escalates like mm, I, well, you, I can see why I just I'm just trying to have I'm just here to dance leave me alone same thing I'm just trying to walk down the street I'm getting a coffee why are you trying to sexualize me as an item I I understand I do understand exactly what you're talking about I it's it's never been bad but I understand I can empathize with women because I get a lot of weird DMs I get you know I get you know just un unwanted attention sometimes that's too much and i'm just like holy shit like women have to deal with this all the all time the time oh so, yeah I, I get i get that and it sucks and and again you know that i reduce in my mind to the fact that we're just all animals and some of us like suck at this well, at this game of dating one piece of advice i've given to men who have trouble empathizing with women and this is for straight men is i say if you want to understand what it's like to be in a woman's shoes in a bar, go by yourself to a gay bar and just go sit at the bar and have a drink and don't initiate conversation with anybody else and see how it feels to be a straight guy in a gay bar by yourself. Yeah. And that's what it's like to be a woman in a bar all the time. It's not just in a bar, so not just in a bar. True. Just all the time. True. Yeah. yeah just, that's what time. it's like to feel like a woman all the time, where you're going to have guys coming up and starting a conversation <laughs> with you. And they're, and you're going to immediately, from word one, wonder, is this guy just trying to like, think that 
he has a chance with but me or something. I'm just thinking about it. Like guys do so much weird shit. Like they just, mm-hmm. they like, you know, they're like, like, and I, they'll like get up from where they are and then like go sit right in front of you, but not say anything ever. Like the, I, I watch guys like, you know, see a hot girl get on the train and they go from where they are and they go sit right in front of her and just stare at her for 14 minutes. And then either she gets off or he gets off and nothing happens, but it's just like weird shit. Like, I think this is, this is, this <laughs> is my said they both got off. Here's my play. Like, what was not, your plan? I, that's the point. It's, but it's just, that's my, they just do weird shit. Like guys do weird shit. That's, and it sucks. Like it sucks to live. Men suck. Like, if you've been to a men, men suck in many, many ways. Women are definitely the superior sex. All right. But we need each other. All right. But if you've been to a men's restroom or if you've been to a, a single dude's house versus a single girl's house, like these are completely different things. Women have their shit together. Not but, always. Well, not always. But I would say for the most part, men are just weird. And and women like for the sake of the the species and and you know for the continued existence of us like you kind of got to deal with us and you know you'd think that that with time the weird dudes would kind of cease to exist but i don't i don't know what's keeping them around it's the lech paradox it's the one thing darwinian evolution can't explain is if a male is supposed to be attracted to the females then he should only reproduce males that look that way because that's selection but somehow we still keep getting the insults. I don't know how. Yeah. Also, gay people. Well, yeah. For, until have... until recently, they weren't able to reproduce on their own. Lately, they can because in vitro and they have donors and they have surrogates. And that's awesome. And I'm very much in support of that. But gay people have been around a lot longer than we've had the technology for artificial insemination. Also, ugly people. You'd think that that would just kind of weed itself out. Nah, that's magnetism and desperation <laughs> um look it's right. either me or nobody <laughs> ah you got me <laughs> um danny devito and who i don't remember it was sold but um i don't know it's just uh am i missing anything i can send because you know i i wanted to that was a long podcast and I don't remember every point that was made, but I do, I do remember kind of where we fell apart towards the end. It was the red hat. It was the red hat. And, and, and I think I, I, that was a bad example for me to give to that particular person because she had a certain feeling about Trump and Trump politics, which are insane. But She wasn't wrong about, her opinion i i agreed with her opinion on trump and everything like that but like the problem was that she couldn't separate her opinion from trump from the analogy that we are trying to draw yeah yeah and i again yeah true um but also i think she was very much rooted in the women's rights side of you know women should be able to do whatever um and and we were saying well people should be able to wear whatever they want if it happens to be a trump hat and it's a Trump hat. And she said, well, that means so much more. And it's it means a lot of very bad things. Whereas a woman wearing a sports bra to the grocery store doesn't mean bad things. And I think that's that's where the analogy didn't quite. Yeah. But and, and I think think up like in our kind of debrief off the air, we talked about like the point that I tried to raise was that 
actions have consequences and you have to be aware that whatever you do affects other people. So whether it's a woman wearing a sports bra at the grocery store or a man or a woman wearing a red hat in public, it's you have to understand that what you're doing affects other people and there might be a reaction to it. Now, that reaction may be rational or irrational or justified or unjustified, but there are certain behaviors that you can undertake that are going to either increase or decrease the likelihood of other people reacting in certain ways. And we, you know, that shouldn't crimp your lifestyle. You should still be able to go out the door and say and wear for the most part what you want to, but you still have to be aware of how it's, well, you know. And you have to accept the consequences of the choices that you make. Well, in the same vein that if you're wearing a sports bra to the grocery store, you don't want to be hit on by some random dude. If you're wearing a Trump hat and you go out, you don't want to be randomly accosted by someone who's so, and I would say righteously so, opposed to Trump's policies. But then they go and, you know, swipe the hat off your head. Like, no, no violence and touching is never cool. But, you but that's, I think that's like where a, there's this huge... I don't know what, and it's, it's, there are certain people that are going to commit gun violence. Is there a certain gene you think that maybe makes people like they don't see this barrier? I don't think it's a gene, but it might be, it's like, you're okay with punching an Asian person in the, in the face, but you wouldn't be okay with shooting up a, a church, right? Or you're okay with shouting at an Asian person in the street. Now you wouldn't go shoot up a church or shoot up uh, a massage parlor full of Asian people. But for the rest of us, those are very close to each other. They're not that far apart. Can I answer your yeah. question indirectly? I'd agree with that. Yeah, James, give, give it a shot. Well, they've done studies on like the of, of liberals and conservatives of their actual brain, chemi- I guess, brain anatomy in terms of the size of certain areas of the brains and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what they found is and it's a correlation. It's not caused, but they found that people that identify as conservative tend to have um, like a larger area of the brain that responds to fear and those kinds of signals. And people that are more self-identified as liberal tend to have like larger areas of the brain that's open to new experiences. So there is probably some neurochemical like, or like brain physiology that can explain some of the differences between why somebody goes left or right politically is that they respond to different stimuli in different way in, in markedly different ways. Yeah. So, but, like, but that doesn't, ex- I mean, we're not saying a lot of liberals have done some crazy shit too. You have the people uh, marching for black lives matter and, I mean, we we don't know which Black of Lives those Matter were. didn't kill people, though. No, but they a lot of these guys put a rock through or a brick through a window or something. Supposedly, I don't. I, oh I actually, no, no, there was definitely property damage because of the riots. No one's. But, no one's but then they're also that. saying that they're also saying that there were right wing people that joined these groups to put a brick through the window to make the. Well, the just like they said, there were left wing people that joined the the Capitol insurrection. So yeah. you can't really trust but, the messaging either way there. But my my. Th- think my my real question is though is that there's a certain line that the majority of people would not cross and that's shouting racist things at anyone of any race no. uh, specifically uh, you know chinese or or asian right now people are going to shout some racist stuff in the middle of the street 
And then also they're going to up the ante and, and do other things as well. And I think that there's a line for the most of us that we're just like, that's fucking insane. That and and to the point where we would maybe even attack the person that's verbally accosting the person in the street. Um, but I, I'm I'm really curious, like what it is that are these people predisposed to to stuff like this or it's learned. I'm, I'm sure some of it's learned, but also like you have certain constraints that you just you don't break. And that's that's the weird shit. But let's get into the corona stuff because I actually feel like there's some correlation here with things that have changed over the last year. And we started talking about Black Lives Matter. Um, we're talking about some anti-Asian stuff that's going on right now. And that's that's really not a whole... Black Lives Matter wasn't a enormous movement before, what was it, June last year? Last week of May. Last week of May, yeah. So it was late May. June, where it really became a big, big movement. Um, and then anti-Asian, you know, whatever's going on, that really ramped up. I was thinking when Trump was saying China virus, China virus instead of, or China virus instead of- Or uh, Kung flu. Yeah. like Also, the, the Wuhan virus, con continuing to reference it by location, which is yeah. just not helpful correct and that and then and then people being cooped up in their apartments and their houses and and then whatever is you know whatever anger or anxiety or whatever it is inside of them is just kind of growing and steaming and then they find an outlet and they they take it out um but i'm curious if, you know because we talked about a little bit i guess david you were in on conversation with james about the topic of what's changed in the last year what do you guys think are some of the, the biggest things? I got a whole list. So because the biggest thing for me would just be the prevalence of people working from home. Uh, when I moved out here, a lot of my good friends, they worked remote 100% of the time. They'd have some field visits here and there. And I was so jealous because I had this annoying commute half an hour one way, an hour back because traffic sucked. And then we were out in North Carolina at our, our grandma's funeral, which was so weird because this was March 6th. The shutdowns were just starting to be talked about and we had to get out of there real damn quick afterwards because they said, hey, anyone who doesn't live here, you can't be here because you're putting people at risk. And it was this whole thing where we had to negotiate a contract with them about how much we'd have to pay to keep the stuff there until we were allowed back onto the premises to move everything out. I just remember my, my previous temp contract ended and a new one contacted me. They said, hey, uh, it's a little bit less money. It's up in uh, the email said the location was Rose. I was like, look, I'm not looking to do a longer commute for less money. I'll, I'll just roll the dice and not take, oh, well, it's 100% remote. It's like, oh, you, you, no should have with, you should have led with that. Yeah. You're not good at your job. I'll take it. Yeah, well, and, and, and now I work remote. Which the has its pros and cons. The remote thing for me hasn't really happened because I need to be in the field um, yeah. and showing, uh, you know, even if my clients are remote, I still need to be in the field for the most part. But also I manage the office. So being it that it's my office, you know, everybody else can go home, but I'm the one that has to stay to keep, to keep things going in the background. Um, but because people were working remotely, and because many people commute into Manhattan for work, 
and they were no longer commuting into Manhattan, that really, really affected my business. A lot of people didn't want to be paying these crazy high rent prices. Uh, they didn't want to be doing this commute. So my business evaporated literally in, in the second week in March, we saw a steep slowdown. And I, I almost didn't believe it at the time. Like, yeah, well, people do crazy shit. Like, you know, it's going to come back and then it still hasn't come back. Approximately what was your decline in gross receipts from like April of 2019 to April of 2020? Um, 5%. Maybe, maybe, uh, I was going to say 70, but no, maybe 60 or so, maybe 60, but we lost our whole summer. Summer is busy for us. So the fact that that is 60, 70% of our business overall, and that wasn't there. But I would say at least 70% of the business probably just wasn't there. I was looking at our transaction count for the year so far in 2021. And we're not even to like where we were at in week two of February in 2020. So you're a full month behind. Yeah. And, and it's like still 33%. And uh, the, uh, the amount, the dollar amount of the deals that we're doing is much, much smaller because the rent prices have dropped so much. So just a huge, huge hit on the business. What James, what do you think uh, is the biggest, biggest thing that that's affected you? Well, I've got a joke response first. Okay. Thank you for uh, prepping us for that. Well, I just think that coronavirus might've been one of the best things to ever happen to ugly people. Because now they have an excuse to go around covering up half their face all the time. <laughs> Advise me against this. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, not first off. But I mean, if you have some pretty jacked up teeth, like you got it good for a little while. Um, I told him, I told him no, because I'm sorry. I, I, I can see it in your eyes. I don't need to see the full face. I, well, I just... Yeah, but that's somebody with a lazy eye, you know, like by, <laughs> by all accounts, like they, they should wear some. Yeah, I'm more into the lazy. No, no. It... After my last relationship, the biggest warning sign is spite and anger. Like that makes a person ugly to me. And you can see that without, uh, with, with think, a mask on. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think uh, David makes a very good point. Physical attractiveness really isn't the most important thing. Uh, although I will say it is the you know it is the door to a relationship in most cases. It's important. So it 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 does. It is an important thing. You can't ignore it. But I think not the end all be all. There's a lot more to it, like character, depth of character and personality, things like that. Um, so so that's my joke answer. My okay, serious so what's your answer, real answer is that I I think especially when we shut down and you couldn't go out to bars, you couldn't go out to restaurants, you really couldn't be out in public with the exception of going to the grocery store. And even when you were in the grocery store, they had limited capacity. So like everybody was spread out and just being discouraged from being social. I think even the people who are on the lower end of the spectrum of wanting to be social realized how important it is to be able to just be in groups and interact. And it was something that we had never thought could be taken away from us in the way that coronavirus did. But um, just the social distancing and limited capacities i think really made was a double whammy because you had people going through economic hardship because they lost their jobs or their businesses going under because they couldn't sell anything because their business was shut down or 
they had friends or family that were either very sick, dying, or dead. And if they had somebody in the hospital, they couldn't even go into the hospital to be in the same room as them to help them through it. They couldn't see them. The last time that a lot of these people ever saw their loved ones was when they were dropping them off in front of the ICU because they couldn't even walk in or through a crappy iPad with a with a shitty Wi-Fi connection and like a, a video chat to say their last words to somebody. If, if you were lucky. Yeah. And and then if there were and then if they died, you couldn't hold a funeral because that's a group gathering. So you couldn't even commiserate with other people that that love this person as much as you did. And I think that be, between all the hardships that coronavirus brought on like kind of just a face level, hidden behind that, it knocked out the social support that we had all come to depend on. And we didn't realize how important it was until it was taken away. Well, James, thank God. Grandma died on what? Uh, March 6th? March 4th? Grandma died on March 4th. We were able to go. I was able to fly out there for the funeral. We were all able to be there. They were able to bus out some of her friends and neighbors from the retirement community in which she lived. Fast forward two weeks, that wouldn't have happened. No. Oh, that's true. That's that's true. But I think, I think James, what you were getting to, my first note, actually, is that Zoom is not acceptable. That not everything can be done remotely. And yeah, like it's great that we discovered this technology. We'll probably continue to do, even when life is back to normal, we'll probably continue to do podcasts like this because we can do it. But we're not going to forego hanging out and traveling because, because we have Zoom. Um, and you, you know, the, the in-person and, you know, the camaraderie of being together and being able to touch somebody or to hug them. Um, you know, I think that's really, really important. And I think that that needs to return very fast for people to, to be able to fully recover. Um, for me, I've already said this, but I think it's something that we didn't realize how important it was to us until it was taken away. Yeah. I, well, that is very true but i mean a lot of it was bullshit that was happening you know i I think i knew when they when they shut us down for two weeks that it was going to be longer than two weeks um i just watched a bunch of old clips of the news and you have trump saying it's going to be a tough two weeks but we'll get through it yeah it'll be gone by easter which was in like a month it's yeah and him saying it's just going to go away it's just going to go away and and literally he did very little but that that first shutdown especially in new york state where we shut down and it was this week i think it was like the 20th or the 22nd or something where all businesses had to completely stop maybe it was the 16th i don't remember exactly close uh, enough doesn't matter but yeah it's end of the second week of into the third week of march last year and all this shit just happened and i'm thinking like one we should have taken action weeks ago and we and we wouldn't be having to do it this extreme, but also the rhetoric that was being used, like shelter in place and so, like natural disaster. Well, we like, went, right, like there's a hurricane skipped, coming, shelter we, in place. We skipped over dealing with this rationally and being precautious. And the president basically told people to ignore it. And and then we dealt with it like it was we were in the middle of a hurricane. Like there was an active shooter on the loose and the way the media also dealt with it, the media dictated a lot of, 
of what happened and where people's minds were. Do you and remember it, trying to buy toilet paper a year ago? I was watching videos people, on that too. I was wondering people, like, are, people are clearly shitting their pants over this because I cannot explain the lack of toilet paper otherwise. They well, didn't buy food. Eventually they cleared out the rest of the shelves, but but there I mean, so I'm wondering if those, I wonder if those Not, people still have a shit ton of toilet paper um because they stocked up on it, or if they just were rational and they bought too much and they didn't buy any more. But I have a feeling that those people literally have like bomb shelter of toilet paper and canned and canned goods probably right now. Well, those two go hand in hand. I made a bomb shelter out of the toilet paper. So <laughs> toilet paper for it. What did you raid Costco before everybody else could? I, I saw an opening. Um, Slap a piece of loose leaf paper on it that says "No girls allowed." Yeah, but look, so so a lot of stuff though. Never is, a problem. Is gonna be. <laughs> I don't need the sign. <laughs> um they know <laughs> so uh but a lot of stuff is going to be changed for a, a long long time you know my thinking again i was kind of spitballing some notes here but uh you know have you been to a place that's got a bunch of chairs lined up like a dmv or a doctor's office and they have like every five chairs are like x'd off like you can't sit in these chairs so that you're forced to be spaced out yeah, that's all over the well, place. Instead yeah. of instead of using all those chairs, why not just place one chair six feet away? Seems like a waste of chairs. Yeah, but then like you know, if you're if you're if you're with a significant other or if you're with your family, like that just gets really weird right off the bat, which I'm sure they're probably trying to discourage anyways. But my the point that I'm making with this though is I think that I think it's gonna be like that for a while. And the places that try to go back to normal too fast are going to get a lot of flack. You know, I think the bar that that says, you know, when you're allowed to uh, have people standing at the bar, I think some of the places that are like, okay, well, the governor said we could be normal again. Here we are normal. A lot of people are going to be like uh, McKinley's Irish pub on 42nd Street went back to normal and they're killing people. What? Well, personally, if if California right now were to drop all restrictions, they're not going to because they're you know taking this seriously, unlike Texas and Missouri. Um, if they were to go back to zero restrictions, if there were a bar or restaurant that had that, me as someone who is not yet eligible for vaccine and takes this seriously, not because I suffer terribly from it. I'm 31, relatively decent health. My risk from coronavirus is the annoyance of having to stay inside for two weeks and having to like order groceries or have friends get it for me because I won't go out. That's my risk for it. Having said that, if there are a restaurant that have, you know, 200 people inside and bar people standing at the bar shoulder to shoulder, I wouldn't go there. That's me. I probably would. Although I, well, I there was one, there was one Florida. time I was on a subway or something like that. And I was around a whole bunch of people and I was like, fuck. Like this, this actually doesn't feel comfortable, but yeah, I, I like mean, it. but Florida for the most part was normal. I traveled to Mexico in October and that was just normal. And again, I'm not, I wasn't in fear for myself. I did not think I was, uh, you know, high risk. And that's another thing I, I, I have in my notes here is that people who are high risk, like they should have used this time to do some serious reflecting and been like, look, I could really just die because I'm 40 pounds overweight. Or, you know, like I need to. I'm not. Why did I let myself get to 85? I was just gonna say, not somebody who's 80 years old. <laughs> Why somebody, was I born with asthma? 
But no, but there's a lot of people who are just out of shape, don't take care of themselves. And a lot of the people that take care of themselves are much lower risk. So it's a matter of taking care of your body. Yeah, but also the, 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 the Chinese doctor who was the whistleblower on this that said, hey, this is an issue. He was like late 30s, early 40s, and he died in like I, April. Early on in the coronavirus, and this is, what, this is actually the picture that made me realize that it was really serious. It was a picture of a, a male nurse in San Francisco. And it was a before and after picture of him. And the before picture, the dude was probably like six foot one, six foot two, and like 240 pounds and not like fat at all, just jacked. And like not a dude that you would want to fuck with. Um, looked like he was in great shape. And then it was a picture of him like two weeks later where he was down to like 145 or 150 pounds and he had just gotten out of like a cancer ward or something. And it was what coronavirus did to him. And you look at the first picture and you say, of all the people that I can think of, this dude is about the lowest risk I can imagine. Sure, but, but my, my thinking is you have to figure out where that line is in your life where you're willing to take the risk and live. Well, he was a male nurse. He didn't have a choice. Okay, but, but for the rest of the population, you got to figure out you know, where do you think you lay in the risk pool? And are you, are you still going to try to behave like normal? It's just like driving a car. There's certain risk. And, you know, you, you choose to drive or you choose not to. Obviously, it's a much higher risk of getting coronavirus and a much higher risk of something happening to you. But you have to figure out, you know, do you want to um, people are literally committing suicide because of this, because they're miserable or they're lonely or they have too much anxiety or depression. So, you know, you have to figure out where what you want to do and how you want your life to be. I just oh. thought of something that we haven't touched on at all yet because it doesn't directly affect us. But the effect that coronavirus had on education, where you're looking at some kids that have, have effectively lost two years of school. Yeah. Uh, I, We're going to see downstream effects of that for a while. I think you made a, a really good point. But yeah, not just missing two years in school, but you take somebody who's like six years old, who's going back to school when he's eight, some serious developmental years and now you have somebody that's that should be able to read and write and do some math that literally also the social development well, well everyone had the kid everyone had a kid at tamarack that had to stay back a year you remember yeah I, and I there was something about their social development where they were still a problem the next year when they're dropped down into your class they, they forced them to repeat one now we're doing two and expecting them just to be able to like stride over that gap of oh shit are they gonna be graduating high school at 20 well also that kid that stays back literally gets double the amount of social experience you know in in that amount of time or in for that yeah, grade social experience so, but it's not always positive yeah it's dude what like weren't you here last year yeah <laughs> Fair. How are you not good at this yet? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And it, it's this, this negative feedback loop of, you know, bullies bully for a reason because they feel insecure about other things. A lot of times in school, I found it was intelligence. The bullies were never in the, 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 the grades of A and B plus club. They were always in the, the D minus two. Well, why didn't you turn anything in this year? Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're very, you're very right on that. But I think you know, on an emotional level. And I think a lot of not just students, a lot of people were very negatively impacted, especially higher risk people, people who suffer from depression, people with bad social skills that like crave social interaction. 
these people really got slapped by by this last year and you know and that's you know for me like i couldn't i couldn't do that i would probably be severely depressed if i just took it super super serious and didn't go outside and remember i'm in new york city so like my my closest neighbor is a four inch wall away from me so on both sides and across the hallway um just you know you're in close quarters walking through the corridors of the building in the lobby so but you know i i wore i not a dick i wore a mask um you know i i'd still wear a mask when i'm in elevators and in common areas and buildings but i still try to live on life and get out and well what blows me away is just how much wearing a mask has become a political statement to some people well there's a there's a woman in texas who in the last week has been arrested twice for refusing to wear a mask inside private businesses well so here's let's let's explain this point because a lot of people apparently are not getting it you're right to wear or not wear a mask there's no law required well maybe were there actual laws that required you to wear a mask all the time in public state mandates state mandates state, state by, by state. inside okay. inside closed businesses some places even said if you're outside inside closed businesses you had to wear a mask inside any retail business so some states mandated that you must wear a mask in base in pretty, any pretty public much space. all of them pretty much all of them did at some except point for the right? dakotas even texas did because on march 10th they said we're taking this statewide restriction away even texas put this in yeah it was really just, just taking- north dakota that didn't but a lot of yeah, people they also had saying, really shitty outcomes. A lot really? of people saying that it, you know, it's their right not to wear a mask. Well, the thing is, if if you come over to my house, you may have every right in the world. But if I ask you to do something and you don't, you're now on my property, so I can I ask, can you, ask to leave. you to leave. And if you don't leave, I can call the police, and they will escort you off the premises. You don't have a right to do something on someone else's property. And even though it's a Walmart, which may seem like public property. Walmart is not public property. Walmart is a private establishment. It's a public space held in terms company. of public accommodations. They cannot discriminate if you're black, if you're gay, if you're transgender, for any other class. You cannot discriminate, and you can you don't have any expectation of privacy there. I can take a picture of anyone in Walmart, and unless a Walmart staffer comes up to me and says, you can't do that here, you can't say, stop taking pictures of me. This isn't a Walmart. No, no, we're in public, but they get to set the terms when you step onto their property. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, just like if you were to go to someone's house, um, it's not, well, how would that work if you went into the white house? Well, that's government property, but that's not public property. Well, it's, yes, it is public property. Well, then where's your question of how it works? How how does that if well, they you have to so. wear the mask? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, government, that was their government property. So they, they get to decide whether or not you have to, like, the, requ- the, the restrictions for entering. And yes, Biden did say that as a mandate on interstate travel, you have to wear a mask. So the federal government does have federal control over federal properties. Okay. Uh, an- another thought I had was that for some people and for some families, it was actually pretty good for them. Uh, because they got to spend some good quality time together without interruption. Um, Although my thinking is also that that's got to get old pretty quick. Like it's nice, it's nice for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks to be able to have dinner together. 
but when you force people on top of each other all the time people get a bit resentful and yeah like how am i going to see my hooker if my wife knows i don't have this late meeting at work she can see me in the living room at the station she knows i don't have a meeting until seven how is this going to work oh man I, I i don't know what to tell you um i don't know i don't have a wife also it's really hard for the hooker to, to do her job while she's wearing a mask that's true no depends um so i got some other notes here uh well i can i just want to introduce something i talked about this a little bit before but um the the concept of a k-shaped recovery where you're talking about some people did really really well so i kind of drew and it's not that great but if you imagine bring this is like bit. the stock bring, market bring it down a little bit i'm, I'm covering up half of it okay it's fine I just that's fine okay so like if this is the stock market normally and then here is where the beginning of the coronavirus happens and everything tanks. And then X is like the recovery point. So like a normal V-shaped recovery is like we have a really bad event and then it's over and then everything comes back up. But like with a K-shaped recovery, you have some people do really well and some people continue to do really poorly. Bring it down and, more for the, for the uh, okay, there you go. And so I hadn't heard that term before the coronavirus, but basically that some people end up doing really, really well. And some people basically never recover. It kills off entire industries. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's crushing my company. We haven't, uh, you know, and it doesn't look like we're going to get back to reality any, anytime soon. Um, and we're hoping we have a great summer, you know, because the demand is going to come back. But, you know, when we, when we took out loans and things like that the government offered us loans we were still under the impression that we'd be back in two months or so so we took these loans out expecting that business would have some resemblance of reality two months later three months later when in fact six months later eight months later a year later the business is nothing like you know we're, we're 30 something percent down where we were last year and then we're 65 percent down in total revenue from last year because we're doing smaller deals like and and it's a year later so had you know had i known that when we decided to take out loans and things like that i might have just said you know what i don't know if we'll be able to pay this back i'm not interested in taking the loan so i understand completely what you're saying and obviously there's some industries that did very very well and and once thing you know once things start getting back to normal they're going to continue to do well and do even greater and greater. Ironically, you work in real estate. I work in mortgages. My company had the best year they've ever had in 2020 because rates were so goddamn low. And guess what? The one percent, the five percent, the ten percent who had the money, guess what? They just cut down their commuting costs. They're working remotely. They bought second homes. They bought investment properties mm -hmm. because everyone else is getting evicted and they put in the moratoriums. But still, anything that was available on the market, James can speak to this. When, when, when there's now, blood in the streets, buy land. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's so very true. My, my company had one of the best years they had ever had in 2020 because rates were stupid low. And the people who had money before this, they didn't lose any money. Uh, the top 1%, California, most of our tax revenue, like 40% of our tax base comes from the top 1% of the state. They made out very, very well over the last year. Their investments went up after the initial huge dip that we took in March. 
everything's just been a skyrocket since that then. was a buy opportunity and the smart investors bought in on bought in at a discount yeah that's that's our, very- our tax base in california has actually increased over the last 12 months because of the pandemic the top one percent has made so much money that our taxes have actually in, our tax base revenue has increased that's but for the people that are working in food and bev do you think that the average server in California, average server probably makes 40 to 50 grand if they're working full time. They've been making how many tips lately doing yeah. drop offs. And my opinion is if you're going out to a restaurant right now and ordering food, if you're not tipping 20% on your takeout order, stay the fuck home. Yeah. But I, you know, I was having a conversation. This is nuts about like all these fucking delivery apps. My thinking is you get us a pizza that's a dollar a slice. It's eight dollars for a pizza. Plus, you get it delivered for. Where five are bucks. you getting an eight dollar pizza? I'm not California. Every, Jesus fucking Christ. But but 30, 30 for a sixteen inch. Cheapest. That's insane. That's insane. But my thinking is, it's a dollar a slice for a cheese good. pizza. It's a dollar <laughs> a slice for cheese pizza. Eight slices is a is a pie. A lot of places in Manhattan do dollar slices, so you get a pie for eight bucks. But let's say it's a $12 pizza or a $15 pizza. Then you have to pay a delivery fee. You got to pay tax on the pizza. Then you got to pay a delivery fee, which is also taxed. Then you have to pay the COVID tax that New York city is taxing people. And you still have to tip the driver. So your 12, $14 pizza ends up being somehow like 46 bucks. And if you're ordering off the delivery apps, yeah. like, the restaurant is having to pay the delivery company like 33%. So if you order a $15 pizza from the restaurant, like the, the restaurants only get like 10 bucks. High? I think it is. Um, I don't know that it's that high, but you should. I'd want to see that. But it's, it I is, do my very best to never use the apps unless they have like a stupid good, like buy one, get one sale. And then yeah, but, you and me comes I out mean, like, ah, <laughs> I want two for one. But I mean, restaurants get by with, with, you know, they have a lot of overhead. So that, you know, they're very narrow margins on a lot of their deal. So the, the delivery apps just allow them to kind of wheel and deal and just get food out the door fast. But they're not making that much money on them. No, um, I was pretty much dead on. Really? All right. But also, if you look at the prices on the delivery apps versus the menu on their website, usually it's, it's an inflated price, which they should do. They absolutely should. Yeah, well, I mean, they got to they got to make that that money back. Um, all right, let's see what else do I have for your family so, together. Here, hold on. Let me just since I looked it up, I'm on Grubhub's official website. This is okay. direct numbers directly from them. So, marketing fee of twenty percent, delivery fee of ten percent, processing fee of thirty cents, which on my example of an average ticket of ten dollars comes to three point oh five percent. Average ticket's not ten dollars on Grubhub. Nobody's. All right, so let me just do a twenty dollar ticket then. Thirty. That also, I mean, if you're getting food delivered, thirty, like you're thirty, getting more than 30, 30, 30. soda. Because as Justin pointed out, you get the eight dollar pizza that turns into forty dollars. It makes more sense to buy more stuff, and it turns all right. You okay, eight dollars for forty. We're arguing over the smallest piece of this. Twenty okay. percent yeah. plus ten percent gets you to thirty percent. That's James, fixed. Do, do you know me? Yeah. Okay, so so what at at a at a thirty dollar so order? So I said thirty three percent, and it's thirty percent. I think I'm pretty damn good on this one. Okay, but yeah, I think I think that's and I think it's insane to to prove your point. Um, I want to bring up some other things that that changed a little bit. Um, how about elbow bumps? 
fist bumps are better. So then you're touching hands, and then you you rub, you touch your the back of your hand with somebody this else. Part. Yeah, and then you t- do this. I think the elbows a more sanitary way. Of- I, yeah, but it's I, awkward. I, I I just don't think you should do it. They're both fucking weird. All right. It's it's like when you it's like when you go to give somebody a normal handshake and they want to do like this whole fucking thing. It's too much. Just shake. See, I like the fist bump because you can't screw it up. Well, but it's also weird. It's also weird. That's what we've been doing in the office when we meet with clients, which is weird. You're not like it's 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 very it's very funny to me. I can't, I just can't do you remember. Wait. Do you remember swine there. flu or avian flu? I was refereeing yes. a soccer game and one of the clubs institute a policy where they wouldn't shake hands at the end they would only do like elbows and the other team was so furious about it like they wouldn't even line up to shake hands or i was like why am i the referee no part of the shaking hands at the end but you still had to watch as referee like you stand there and watch make sure no throws a punch that you have to report it's like why am i now the arbiter of politeness but in think about, soccer but you think know, we about, don't do that anymore like we don't watch the handshakes or anything we like, as soon as the game's over we're out of there it's your problem now that's nice but yeah, think yeah. about the where where handshakes originate it's a it's a service of vulnerability so show you're not armed exactly so which makes you vulnerable you're saying you don't have anything and you're you're touching hands that's why uh, lefties are so untrustworthy because i mean they right they reach out their right hands like wait a minute gotcha but but uh i i just can't wait for shit to get back to normal handshakes it's confusing i don't want to i don't want to elbow bump anybody and most I don't really, of my friends most of my friends are vaccinated me. and i'm so happy about that because i don't see that many people they work in the public in agriculture in education in um well more agriculture, but indoor agricultural education. <laughs> well, more agriculture, but do indoor agriculture work, in California. All, do they all work in offices? No. One of my friends works from home. He works as the program director for a oh. farm to the table organization helping family farms get access to let me markets. let me ask you let me and ask you he a question. with a ton of farmers. His his job during normal times, is it mostly office work? You're saying he's very made... little office work. He, he does a lot from home and then he has a lot of on-site visits. But even with... without Corona, he'd still be working from home. Working from home, except for the two or three visits he would do per week, which he's still doing to the farms to show face and set up arrangements and work out deals and get contracts and grants. Gotcha. Okay. Um... My other friend is an elementary school teacher. This is his second full year, this school year. And he got like all of six months his first school year of in-person teaching. It's like, I just got my credentials and now they're making me do something that I never trained for. Elementary but, school by Zoom has got to be insane. Oh my God. I cannot does he, imagine. Does he want to go back to work? He actually just started back in person this week. He was so excited for it. He could not stand doing the, the, the virtual classes. That, He's like, yeah. guys, this is... This is not why I want to become a teacher. Wow. I, I need to be back in the classroom. Let me ask this question. Yeah. We've talked about the things that have changed in the last year. What are the things that are not going to go back? What are the what are the changes that happened in the last year that are going to be permanent, either completely or partially? Remote work. I think remote work is 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 gonna be around to stay. I think a lot of stuff is gonna be it's gonna be remote. That could be in an office. It could be at home. But I think you're gonna see offices 
downsizing because they don't need to spend $4,000 a month on this corporate lease when they only need to have a third of the staff inside. They don't need it. It's a huge overhead. If it's worth the last 12 months. And it's easily have, eliminated. Well, well, look, I'll give you, I'll give you another one. Um, you know, I not, not make fun of, but I feel like people used to, to a degree, make fun of Asian people for wearing masks. Um, especially in New York City, you see just a, you see everybody else walking around like normal, and this is pre-corona, and then you see an Asian person wearing a mask, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Now, and in the Asian culture, that's much more appropriate. In the Western culture, wearing a mask on a regular basis to go to Whole Foods, very strange. It's no longer strange. Uh, now it's normal. In the U.S., it's not just normal. It's frowned upon, if not invokes violence when you don't wear a mask. So I think mask wearing is going to be around for a long time because it's been forced to be, um, it's been forced to be accepted. Uh Oh, we lost our, uh, our stream here. In the same vein, even leaving out that other stream, the, the anti-Asian bigotry is going to be around for a bit. That's not going to go away. Lickety split. Uh, yeah, but people riled up about hating another group of people. That's not going to go away quickly. They they have long memories, and there is a lot of really really disturbing anti Asian violence right now. It's wild. It's so fucking weird. It's it's, it's so fucked. And it's no, it's fucked. Is that the two biggest things you've seen lately are in New York City and fucking San Francisco? Like, god damn it! I thought the blue states were supposed to be better about this shit. You'd expect to see this in. Well, there's also TV. Atlanta. Yeah, that's. Don't mean to say this word, but kind of a trump card. <laughs> All right, two people being a... spit on, eight people shot. Okay, you got me. Yeah, that's that. Atlanta's a tragic. And the police chief. Well, no, he was having a bad day. He he had a really bad day. What the fuck? And then the reporter's like, hey, this is kind of weird. We should check this guy out. Ooh, he said some bad things. <laughs> they found his Facebook. As soon as they asked him about it, deleted. No, no, no. You don't realize. We, we screenshot that. We, we still have it. The, the police chief had some stuff that he said before that was not good? Uh, it wasn't the police chief. It was uh, Lieutenant Sergeant Gray, and he's a communications officer. Check it out. It'll be easier for you. Um, it's there. Well, look, just so you guys know, our, our stream is back up, but we, we dropped the stream for about 90 seconds there. Um, so, but to recap what you guys just said for anybody who was, um, who was off, you were talking about what happened in Georgia, the guy Atlanta. that went in. It, yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. He went in and he shot up, was it several? I think three or four, three or four, different massage parlors and murdered eight people um i think six of them were workers at the different establishments two of them customers clients that were just randomly but, there okay, and said, so you know what it's it's a wednesday i i want to i'd like a massage i'm going to treat myself and you end up fucking dead because well, let, you know what in georgia in georgia it took him less time to buy this gun than it would have if he were a woman and wanted an abortion. You also read the and that's, piece. Yep, and that's pretty fucked. Well, so, but, okay, yes, that is fucked. I completely agree with you. But what you said was the police chief said he 
what did he say exactly? Communications officer. The communications officer. Uh, I've got everything here. Um, the, the, after describing what happened, like with this dude who got arrested and admitted to doing what he did, the the communications officer said, "Yeah, we think that the suspect um, he, he just had a really bad day." Okay. Now I'm. Re- I, do you have the audio of that? Um, let me see if I can. Or the video, that. because the thing is, now we're giving the, this communications officer okay. a hard time. Like, uh, you got a fucked up. Are you playing uh, it? You got a fucked up guy that had a bad day. Like that could be the trigger. That could have been what put him over the edge. But I don't see why we're giving this guy a hard time for saying that. I mean, obviously the guy had a bad because day. he murdered eight people, Justin. I think if you're gonna say someone had a bad day, which is sounding like you're sympathizing with him. Maybe, maybe, well, but that's, say but like now we're, but the that's my point is you're reading lost. into, you're reading into sympathizing. I don't, I don't necessarily think he is. I just think that's how a lot of people are interpreting okay. him. Well, well, what is his job? Well, fair enough. Communications director. Fair enough. If that's the communication he's giving out, well, this murderer had a bad day. Okay, hold on. Look, I had a bad day the other day no, when but, I blew a tire. I, I, I didn't found, murder eight people. All right. Damn. I found, here's the, here's the clip. Um, is there a way that I can screen share, like play this for everybody? Uh, it is wild. Okay, let's. Can we have, scroll down? You have a share screen green button. Yeah, try to try um, to. Hold on. It, let me let me send you the link to this. Or uh, all right. No, you got it. You can do a shared screen. Let's. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. Come Host on. Host is disabled. Participant share screening. Screen, screen sharing. Oh, Never mind. I had to undo that. Yeah, so uh, I, I can't. Okay, now try chat maybe. And Justin, bring it up. No, well, try to share. See if you can. There we go. Can you see? No. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. here we go. I'm going to shut up. Uh, volume up. Yeah, we're going to, we need that, we need that audio here. It's not working. All right, guys, hang tight. James is about to show us this computer feed. I don't know how to share the volume or whatever. Adjust adjust your your audio uh, recording on on the the computer. Or maybe pull your headphones. James, if you go to the bottom left where you have the mute button, if you go to select the microphone, click same as system. There's a little up arrow. Ah, there we go. Okay, here we go. All right, we think we got the audio here. You gotta bring that volume up. We can hear it. You just gotta bring the volume up. We can't. I can't hear this. He was pretty much fed up, and uh, he had a really bad day. And this is what he did. Okay, but I, I think, I think what he might have been getting at is that it wasn't so much racially motivated, although it may, it's, I mean, it yeah, but c- come on, man, you're the communications director. And you say, yeah, he was pretty fed up and uh, he had a really bad day. Like when I've been fed up and I had a really bad day, I leave work early and like buy a bottle of liquor and then like have a couple shots and take a nap. Well, you know what, you know, who else had a bad day was this communications director. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, all I'm saying is he doesn't, you know, we, we shouldn't be taking, he, yeah, he said some shit, but I, I just don't know why there's so much attention. The attention shouldn't be off of the main guy doing what he did and on this guy for saying some dumb shit. All well, right. 
Like that's and that's where our society is now. Is that like probably this guy's going to be f- fired or canceled because he said some dumb shit. And and maybe but it's your job to say smart shit. But you know, everybody has a bad day, and they and they don't and they don't shoot shit up. All right, sometimes they just misspeak. But again, I don't know this guy. That's okay, why I wanted so to see here, hear the the, the here, audio. Here, here's the issue though: is that they did some digging and they found a post on his Facebook where he has a shirt and it, the, the 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 link I have doesn't have a picture. Wait, of it, the cop guy does. Has uh, the cop guy does? Yes. Okay. Ba- quote from the Hill: Baker has also faked for allegedly creating a Facebook post in March of last year that read. Place your order while they last, along with a photo of T-shirts that said "COVID-19 imported from China," spelled C-H-Y-N-A, to line up with the way that that orange nincompoop would pronounce it. Because I'm sure he can't read, so they did everything phonetically for him. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just really disturbing because you have this huge issue of how many of the people that have been charged in the January sixth riot and insurrection are fucking law enforcement officers and if you have white supremacists and racists and people that are trying to overturn democracy as the people that are enforcing the laws in local jurisdictions that's really fucking scary so yeah this baker guy not if you're white no not if you're white unless you're gay or transgender or lesbian or hold a different view from them you see davis 10 miles down the road Remember back in 2010, the picture they tried to scrub from the internet forever and ever and ever. Oh, the casual pepper spray? Of the, the really, really fat guy who, look, if I stole something, oh, I'm getting away. He's not catching me. <laughs> I'm in shit shape, but he weighed 280 pounds. He did not work out. Why is he a cop? I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, just him spraying a huge string of protesters sitting on the sidewalk with, with their, their hands, hands behind their in back. their laps or behind their backs but obviously not a threat yeah and you compare that to how these fucking white supremacist protesters get treated with kid gloves it's bullshit they get sourced well, organic food in prison that's yeah exactly yeah um, Fuck Jacob guys, i'm so happy he's still stuck in jail uh the, the judge and his backed inter- him down too because he okay. lied during his CBS Sorry, uh, we, we really despise these people. I know. We're, si- we're signing off. Is there anything you guys wanted to add as we, uh, as we wind down here? Um, hopefully people it. keep wearing masks. Get your vaccine if you're eligible. Don't cut the line if you're not. That's not cool. But as soon as you're eligible, get it. All right, guys. Uh, I will catch up with you guys later. I'm going to bring us offline here. Um, we'll stick on air for a minute. Yeah, stay online. Stay, stay on here. I don't know how we lost. I don't know how we lost people the first time around, but that that kind of sucked here. It's I, I was I, I, I was on the podcast. So I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did we lose people? Well, they were listening in the first place. So, well, uh, Justin, here's your biggest problem having the two of us on is people people can handle one Jew. You start adding two Jews in that. That's when people start turning out. Well, you guys are—they didn't know you're that still, you're still a little live here, so <laughs> that's okay. I stand by it. They didn't know that the three Stooges were Jews. They actually made fun of Hitler uh, about a year before Charlie Chaplin did his major thing with the dictator. That's not the name of it, but you know what I mean. Um, we uh, we gotta we gotta get this tighter. I feel like we gotta get the formatting a little tighter.
Um, and we have to, um, I don't know, we, we definitely have to keep up the, uh, the cadence of, of what we're talking about and speed up any stories that we get into. Um, Better preparation is key. Say that again. Better preparation yeah, is key. Knowing what we're talking about, knowing how much well, time we have to dedicate and say, hey, you've got here, write out one page of blurbs that you want to get out tonight. Make sure you get those out. Anything else, you're responding to someone else's blurbs. The better, the better podcast I have notes. Actually. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's good. I, but then also the issue is like, sometimes, you know, I have difficulty coming up with topics. So I think what we should maybe do is at some point over the next month is sit down and brainstorm some topics um, that we can do a little research in advance rather than a one or two day advance. Could um, you do, do James and I a big favor and just you're curating your entire collection of the videos you have, just like broad stroke categorized, like what you've already covered. Could you send that to me and James? And that way we can see like, Hey, what soil haven't we turned up yet? Cause uh, I haven't watched all of them. I came I, in a month ago. Well, this was what? 86. We did today. Yeah, 86. Um, but also, you know, what, what's very difficult for me is the getting all the logistics set up and it's actually really stressful because, you know, I don't have, now at least I have a dedicated computer in the basement with a ring light and a second monitor and, a, uh, a mic and a camera and that, you know, for the most part, you guys are like, instead of me talking to you guys on this screen, but the camera's over here and the lights coming from here. So I have that, but then also like, um, let, let me, let, I'll show you my setup. Hang on. I've got this phone pointed <laughs> at the, uh, at our live stream here. And that's what goes to TikTok, and then I'm looking at you guys out here, with the camera mounted to, to this screen. Well, you're really in a, like a dungeon. <laughs> so <laughs> one week. This. What the fuck is with that chair? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's Morelli's chair, and then we got uh, some gym equipment over here. It's actually a decent amount of it. Um, which is pretty cool. The, the chair really doesn't fit. Well, over here, what we're going to do, I want to put, you can see where all these boxes are. Is there a body underneath that pile? Uh, I feel like okay. that's how I would hide a body quickly. Ah, shit, I got a lot of stuff from Amazon this week. Nobody wants to go in, go through it. No, who does? It's such a pain in the ass. Um, but the... Uh, the basement's actually really big and I'm going to put a, I want to put a bar on that side, basically across me, across from me. And then like a little area for TV and stuff. And then kind of keep a bit of an office slash podcast set up over here. But uh, like just having, you know, I'm using my phones, everything gets moved and shoveled around. So I got to figure out the logistics of, um, of actually broadcasting and recording. So that part is, is very tough and stressful for me. Um, 
but uh but i gotta run because i haven't seen morelli all day we just we got home and i i went right down here to get started on this so let's uh let's talk you know over the next few days and try to collaborate a little bit um and you know figure some things out but again i think it's what we're saying will be better if it's not rehearsed but like we were we collaborate a little bit more on the topic and we have an idea of what we want to talk about um and i also want to do like an intro where i don't have to like introduce you guys each time where we have like a um a pre-recorded intro something along those lines have you david where do you catch it on facebook or on youtube or somewhere else uh, when I was watching before you would bring me on regularly would be your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I have an Instagram for my art business side piece thing, I, I get the notifications there. Okay. Um, because it, it, it go, the post-production is really kind of where I want it to be at. And that's the YouTube and the Spotify or Apple podcast. Yeah, we or, need to get on YouTube live. That'll be a much better platform. Well, that's hopefully with this OBS, I can I can figure that out. Um, but uh, no, because there, there's a couple times I actually had a really hard time finding the stream. Well, it, and it's not because I didn't have Instagram. To, it's not only meant to be watched live. I, you know, I know, but but for me. For me, knowing the two of you, oh yeah, you would yeah. personally as I do. I don't want to watch it later. It's that's gonna be that's gonna be old hat for me because I feel like I've probably already talked to at least James yeah. about it after the yeah. sense, and it feels weird watching something that was live that you yeah. heard about after the fact. So for me, on Tuesdays if I'm free, I try to tune in. My phone alerts me. This Tuesday, uh, I, I had some. I had some errands to run. Okay. That's um it's <laughs> a lot. What is that like three pounds of those? Two ounces. How long is that gonna last you? Uh time is any indication, maybe two months, three months, three months, three months. Jeez. And it's one twenty five an ounce, so it's really not that bad. And it is I mean helps me really fun stuff like like this interesting it's not everyone's thing i get it but i like it and some people have already paid money for it and james do you remember mom's student danny yeah she's cute yeah really cute you're older than you bonds three years younger than julia so i feel like i still have a chance um married yeah so details uh she wants to buy some shit so well that's and that's another and thing she we, knows people so. we uh i gotta get your details so i can include it in the description of the episodes um, cool because we can also use that as part of my uh that that can also david basel political scientist financial analyst artist psychedelic photographer. artist <laughs> exactly. all right guys i gotta pee because i've been drinking i've now drinking four seltzer water so oh um how were your drinks? How, how were they? Yeah, honestly, honestly they weren't, they, the it was really sweet. It wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. Um, but I'm gonna piss my pants, guys. So I will well, let's uh, keep them on the line. Then this would be hilarious. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, t- tell me about how you want to pee your pants. 
Goodbye. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear about how. Thank you for making it this far. I appreciate that very much. What I would appreciate a tad bit more if you don't already like and subscribe to this podcast. I would truly, truly appreciate that. But I owe my biggest thanks to you already because if you're listening, you probably do. And I do thank you for that. I'll see you guys soon. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.